You're listening to the Millennials Choice Show, Canada's most trusted podcast on all things real estate, finance, and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Matthew Ablican. What's going on, guys? We're here back today with another special episode with uh, my co-host, Matthew Ablican. What's going on? What's going on, friends? Guys, listen, if you're tuned in, we want you guys to always get exclusive content. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you guys get new videos every single time. If you haven't already, check out Matthew's book. Where can they get your book at? The link will be in the description, but financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash ebook, no hyphen in ebook. There you go. There you have it. So, Matt. We're going to talk about some uh, really exciting stuff today. Yeah, you know what? We've been hitting you guys with the former mafia guy content. You know, maybe you've seen uh, some TV actors and things like that. And we're always going to be interviewing really cool guests, but we really want to bring it back to real estate and finance and, you know, mortgage rates and all this stuff that's going on. And the thing that we're hearing, I mean, we've been both hearing it pretty consistently amongst not only our clientele, but people that are coming in new leads, new business, and they want to generate maybe, you know, not generate, but they want to invest in real estate. And they're all saying the same thing. And it's like the following, they say the following, and that <laughs> is, I want to wait until interest rates come down. Okay. So that's the, the topic we want to cover today. So some of you listening to this already have purchased the property. You may already have closed the property. You have tenants, or you're thinking about buying a piece of real estate whether pre-construction, whether resale, whether whatever type of property it is, and you're hearing this bombardment on the news and the media of Bank of Canada has raised their rates, interest rates have gone up, uh, you know, some realtors are promoting that prices are just going to keep going up, and you don't know what to believe, you don't know what to listen to, so our job is just to bring you the information, you make an informed decision. That's how we treat all of our clients. Give all the information. Danny, you do the same thing all the time. Always. That's that's our policy at Millennials Choice. Um, so really what's happening in the market right now and what are we seeing? That's that's kind of the best information for me. Like I talk to lawyers, mortgage agents, real other realtors, and I want to find out what are they experiencing because they're on the front lines like I am but from a different angle and different perspective. So I want to know, are lawyers dealing with a lot of foreclosures and power of sales? That's that's a clear indication, red flag, that there's problems in our market um, or not. Are is, What's going on? Mortgage agents and brokers, are their volumes up or are they down? Lenders, are their volumes up or are they down? So these are the things that we want to look at and we want to give you an update. So at the time of this recording, we're in the first week of March, Okay, so some information might have changed. There's there's obviously been a, a rate announcement that's transpired, but this is what's happening as of right now, the first week of March. And so that's that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, and you know, going back to what you were saying about, you know, we provide the information because there's a lot of people just giving out information and they shouldn't be giving out information. The reason why I say that is because they're not qualified. They're not mortgage agents, not mortgage brokers. They're not maybe dialed in as much as we are. Yeah. Um, so I honestly confidently say that to people because uh, there are a lot of, for example, real estate agents that do talk about, you know, uh, the mortgage rates and things like that. But, you know, there's only so much, you know, information they could share because they're not doing mortgages every day like we are. So the new, the the information we're going to bring to you guys, the, the viewers, the listeners is really, really like boots on the ground, authentic stuff like Matthew says. I literally speak to banks every single day. So does Matthew. We speak to lawyers, et cetera, and the professionals, people that are in the industry. So right now, 
I kind of want to be like the short answer is there is no perfect option. There is no uh, right or wrong. There's, you know, what's your situation? Here's the options available to you. And based off of what your plans are, what your goals are, what it is you need, here's what you can do. And here's the pros and cons, right? Um, And the drawbacks and and so on and so forth. But yeah, stop trying to just listen to one person who's saying, you know, lock into this or lock into that. There is no one size fits all. I think that's like no, the main yeah. um, highlight yeah, that I yeah. want to point out. Yeah, exactly. And and right now there there is no one size fits all. You have to do what's best in your particular situation. Yeah. But you could, you could look at it objectively and say, these are my pros, these are my cons. What does having a higher interest rate mean for me? Yeah. What does having a lower interest rate mean for me? Because a lot of people don't even understand the math behind it. And so a higher interest rate, if you're looking, we're talking specifically now, if you're wanting to invest in a property that you're going to rent out, a higher interest rate is going to mean that you're going to probably pay more in interest and in your mortgage than what you're collecting in rent. So a lot of properties are not cash flowing right now because a higher interest rate means more money is going out to pay for your interest on your mortgage. Exactly. And so less cash flow. Now, if you have a lower rate, you're obviously going to have more money coming into your pocket because there's less money being put down towards the the interest on your mortgage. So it impacts your cash flow. One simple solution that I tell people right now, if you're worried about interest rates, you're always going to be worried about interest rates. Yep. Plain and simple. Just don't take for granted the power of media and the the programming that exists out there. Don't take that for granted. It's 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 a giant like, you know, organization. And they know what they're doing. So you may be programmed to think a certain way, but think about it. If you think if you're worried about interest rates today, then why wouldn't you? Even if you even if rates were two percent, and you locked in, you said you know they're two percent. It's great. I'm going to lock in for five years. Well, then don't you aren't you going to be worried about what they're going to be like in five years? Exactly. So you're always going to have that fear. Number one, right? Which kind of goes back to your mindset, right? Which it's all we've, about your which mindset. Which we've talked about yeah, before, yeah. for sure. Real estate is a mindset. So this is the way I look <clears> at it. Real estate is a business that you're getting into. The reason I look at it like that and I say it like that is because the CRA sees it as the exact same thing. You're collecting money in the form of rent. You're collecting income. And then you're paying out expenses. And then you have taxes accordingly with, with that investment. So with that being said, what do most people expect when they first start up a business maybe maybe not a lot of them expect this nowadays because it's so there's such a little upfront cost to start let's say an online business yeah but let's say traditionally speaking danny i'll ask you you're going to open up a, a restaurant you know what do you expect financially in the first couple of years after opening up that restaurant you definitely expect to not only not make money but most likely lose money okay. especially in the few, first few years absolutely perfect so now, a lot of people are deterred from buying real estate because they're saying, well, I'm going to have to pay out of pocket, yep. you know, initially and, and because of the interest rate and all these things. And it's like, well, yeah, true. Maybe in some cases, like you could find properties that still cash flow today. I, we're still finding them. They're not as common, but they still exist. But how, did you take into account how much of the rent payment is actually building you equity because it's paying down the principal portion of your mortgage that you don't realize on a monthly basis, but it's there, it's paying it down. It's it's equity that is being built up. That's number one. Number two, you're investing into a business. You need to understand that it's gonna be long-term until it generates a return. Sure, we've had great years where you could buy a property and I've seen 
90 days later, 120 days later, the person does nothing to the property and they flip it and they make some money. Sure, we've had those years, but yeah. that's also a very volatile market in, in my opinion. Extremely volatile and it doesn't always happen. It right? doesn't always work that way. Flippers yeah. flippers lose their shirts pretty quickly in a, in a downturn. So there's a strategy for every season. So understanding that real estate is a long-term play. I tell my clients all the time working with some buyers now, I go, guys, don't say worst case scenario, we flip it before the deal closes and you know we get out of it or we make some money. No, no, no. That, that is not the worst case. You should not plan for that. That is a bad position to be in. Yeah. No, instead, worst case scenario, we don't make money in two years because the market or whatever the case may be, our goal is to keep it long-term, rent it out, and 10 years from now, we'll, we'll reevaluate. If you invest with Grant Cardone, who I love listening to, Grant Cardone, he, his contracts, unless you know he changes them, but from what he says, there are 10 years that you have to commit to being in that development with him. Because you have to. It's long-term, right? It's long-term, and the market has ups and downs and cycles that it goes through. Yeah. Right? So understanding that and saying, shit, this is why I'm parting my French, you guys, but you know, I'm, I'm human, but this is the way you guys have to be thinking, is if I'm going to keep this long-term, I'm going to have somebody paying down the mortgage, even if I have to pay a little bit out of pocket, especially if you guys are young. Your goal should not be cash flow right away, right now. You could break even, you could generate some cash flow, great, but your goal is to create wealth. Exactly. You want to make money? You don't need to make money buying real estate and flipping it. You can make money doing other things. Your goal is to create wealth. And so number one is how can I accumulate as many properties that I can afford, that I can handle, that I can deal with as quick as possible. Number two is why am I investing in real estate specifically? And number three, understanding the benefits of investing in real estate tax benefits we talked about this 100 yeah we were talking about some stuff that you were like oh, i didn't know that yeah no for sure 100 and uh just another one of those benefits you're talking about is just tapping into that equity of your home right and it being tax-free a lot of people don't know that uh, if it's a rental even if it's not a rental it's tax-free and you can use that to invest more if you want into your real estate business right i think yeah. the problem is people don't see it as a business no, so, they don't. It's a get rich quick thing. Yeah. Like any everything like, else. From when I've spoken to people, and this is recent, I've explained to them, look, if you get into this property right now, yes, here's you're gonna be negative cash flow about nine hundred bucks. But consider this in a year, let's say you're negative cash flow a thousand bucks. In a year, that's twelve thousand dollars out of your own pocket, right? But you have a really good investment that you've put your money into in a down market where the market will eventually pick back up. As we know, the rates will eventually come down and you won't be negative $900 cash flow a month. It won't be like that. That's just not how it works. Like you said, the principal gets paid down. There's more equity in there. I'm not even talking about tapping into the equity. I'm just saying some tenant is paying down your mortgage yeah. and the value is going up at the same time. So as a result, there's more equity being created in that gap. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sorry, just to build on that yeah, point, yeah. remember, don't forget your thought, but just to build on that point, for parents, for people who have lots of equity in their home, it's a very silly decision to have that equity in your home, but not be able to tap into it. Yeah. So let me explain. I want to work hard to pay off my mortgage. You want to know why, Dad? I did the calculation. For those of you guys listening, you know Sarah and I moved into our home. Yeah. If I keep the mortgage for 30 years and at an average rate of 6% throughout 30 years of my mortgage, uh, I would have paid approximately uh, 1.8 million in interest, right? That's just, crazy. Just in interest, Yeah. right? 
alone. So it'll bring my my whole thing up to about three point like eight million. Yeah. In terms of cost of this product, three point nine million, maybe call it four in thirty years. And will my house be worth more than four million? Like that's how you have to equate. Is it a good investment? Yeah. Plus all those years of property taxes, I'm not taking into an account. Definitely. And maintenance, maintenance and things and like that. Yeah. So it's my goal to pay off my mortgage. Many of you have done that listening to this or watching this and that's good for you. But here's my goal though, to pay it off, but have access to the equity. So how can you do that? There are programs out there that banks will have that give you a home equity line of credit where you don't pay for it unless you use it. You, You pay for the money that you use, whatever the interest rate is. And you can also get like, um, a product right now with your mortgage, if you still have a mortgage, but you want to do something like this, where every dollar that's paid off from your mortgage, your principal gets automatically thrown into a line of credit that you have access to. And the reason why you want to do something like that is number one, in case of an emergency, you you don't have to sell your house or do something. You have access to the money tax-free. Also, number two, you can take that money and invest in it or do what you want with it. That's how the rich buy assets. 100%. 100%. Or even that's how the rich have, they buy liabilities too. Like they want to get a nice car, get a $100,000 sports car or whatever. What they do is they'll refinance one of their properties. So if this, now we're talking about an investment property, it's the same same thing applies. They, re, they refinance that property. They write off all the interest on that debt, the refinance money, even your mortgage, you write off all of it on as per for your investment property. And then they get the car. And now the car, what they do with it is they they will lease it out or, or something like that. And now they can write off some of the monthly payments as well and the gas and things like that, the mileage as well. Yeah. They never would just buy the car outright or do something like that where it doesn't make sense. They'll, they'll refinance the property, reinvest that money into a, a, an investment that generates a return. And then with that money, use it to lease the car, pay for the car. So you write off the car, you keep your principal because you're not buying the car cash. You keep your principal and then you also get all the tax benefits. So many tax but, benefits. But you could do that through the real estate mechanism, right? Yeah. And just going back to what I was saying about um, that example I had with somebody, at the end of the day, if you treat it as a business, so what your negative cash flow every month, let's say a thousand bucks, what business realistically can you start up with, let's say $12,000 in a year? You can honestly, <laughs> like a YouTube channel. Yeah. But- and, and that's not even like production. And stuff like that. That's just... And sorry, I should have rephrased what I said, but uh, let's say a brick and mortar business where you actually have a utility, the real estate. It's a real property. You no, can actually there, feel there it. there isn't anything. You're very little, if any, for $12,000 a year, right? And so I think if a lot of people have that perspective, that mindset, it's really going to go a long way. Like Matthew was saying, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? Well, a lot of things can happen with a business, right? A oh, yeah. business could go under because there's not a lot of clientele, whatever yeah. the case is. Uh, you don't market well enough. Well, real estate has its challenges too, right? But as long as you're kind of keeping the formula the same and obviously you have the right people advising you and you're asking the right questions, you can't go wrong as long as it's a long-term game, right? It's a long-term game. That's and, the key. And also you get so many tax benefits. You know, a lot of people complain about pre-construction real estate and the closing costs that come with that. Yeah. They're higher than if you buy brand new resale, which which I get. But what you have to understand is there's something called your cost base. And as an investor, you're, let's say you buy a property pre-construction for 300000 but then you get like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 worth of closing costs. Your accountant, again, don't take any of this as tax advice or legal advice. It's just from my own experience. 
talk to your accountant and all that stuff. But they will adjust your cost base for you because you didn't buy it for 300 and and that's it turnkey. You had to put $30,000 worth of closing fees into it. And so now your cost base goes from 300 to 330. And so that money, you're never going to pay capital gains on or tax on as per your investment. Yeah. So there's different benefits. And also from the leverage standpoint, we I don't think you and I talk about this enough to get this point across to people. You're investing in something that's, let's say, half a million dollars. You're putting 100K down, which is 20%. Yep. But if that investment from 500K goes up to 550, right? That's a 10% increase. But you only invested 100 grand into it. Yep. It's actually a 50% ROI. On your investment. On yeah, your investment. For sure. So the power of leverage in real estate is so awesome that... It's it's just, you know, you can't find those benefits with other investment vehicles. Gold and silver won't do it. Crypto won't do it. Stocks and bonds nothing, and mutual dude. funds. Nothing, nothing does it. So, you know, I encourage it, but you have to have that long-term mindset. It's been 11 years since I bought my first condo. I still own it. It's still being rented out. And we've built a portfolio of properties just with that mindset. And they've been, honestly, it's been conservative what we've done. Besides recent projects where you and I took a bigger position on, yep. I've, you've watched me. I've been doing it very conservatively. Like the way I did it, anybody could really do it. Definitely. Right? Like I, that's not, there's no secret to it. There is no secret. And yeah. the thing is, I think there's a lack of education with um, the industry in general and self uh, within the professionals, quote unquote, and the public, right? So yeah. that's why it's even more important these days to find the right people that are actually doing it. They're not just talking about it because guys, anybody can, you know, have a podcast and talk about real estate, but they can, they don't have to be doing it, right? Anybody could do this, but we actually go live it out. And uh, yeah, like we've helped a lot of clients. Like you always say like you've made millionaires, right? Yeah, we um, have made millionaires. It's just the reality of it, right? We're actually doing it uh, at properties. Matthew has a lot of properties. Like it's one of those situations where um, you got to find the right people and they will give you the right advice and the right guidance. So uh, that's definitely one of the first things you have to do when uh, getting into it. But when it comes to, you know, what to do with the rates, listen, it'll never be a perfect situation. You know, the rates will always go up. They'll always come down. Um, as of right now, I would say it all depends on what your goal is, what you're looking to do, figure out what your plan is. And yeah, for some people, it doesn't make sense for you to go variable. It doesn't. If you don't have extra money lying around, you're not willing to put more money into it. Do not go variable. If you do have some money go around and you don't want to lock into something long term because you believe the rates are going to come down, you know, it might make sense for you not to go fix right away or maybe go for a shorter term at least. Um, but yeah, that's the advice that you'll definitely get from uh, a professional that's, you know, like us where we have our own real estate company and our own mortgage company and uh, we help all of our clients in-house, one-stop shop. Yeah. And again, just just to leave you off with some pointers, like you can't worry about things outside of your control. There's, there's just a strategy you will have to implement based on what's going on around you, rates being an example, uh, market conditions, demand and supply. Like these are all like, what are you going to do when there's an influx of supply? If there is, what are you going to do? I'm going to wait till supply comes down or I'm going to wait till supply increases. You don't know what's going to happen with these things. Yeah. So you have to just navigate and use a strategy that's that's current. And so develop that mindset that it's long-term. Don't focus on the things you can't control. Implement a strategy that is relatively um, current because you you need to for those market conditions. And then just understand that, hey, any business I'd get into has these drawbacks or I'd have to pay money in for three years or whatever the case may be. 
and I'm investing into a business. Understand that. And then surround yourself with the right people who can help you make it happen. Yeah, man. You nailed it. All right, guys. So you want to leave them with anything else? I think that was very insightful. I think that was it. But uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, if you have any questions, you guys know where to find us. Uh, Instagram at Matthew Ablican, at Danny Ablican, at Millennials Choice. Uh, We're here to help and serve. So make sure to, yeah, definitely reach out. And uh, yeah, just uh, we're here. And until next time, you guys. We're out. We're out. We're out.